It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Munster game. My name's Alan Deegan. I'm here in the Huntsman with William Davis, um, who is up at the press conference today. Indeed, Alan, and a happy new year to you. <laughs> yep, 2nd of January, uh, press conference. So let's have a listen to what uh, Pete Wilkins and Caelan Blade had to tell us. Pete, the third Interpro up on uh, Saturday, so... You've had time to reflect on on Ulster. So, what are you taking out of that? I think first and foremost, um, you know, the win was was crucial, um, particularly after the disappointment of the the previous weekend in in Dublin. Um, so, to take the points there w- was hugely satisfying. Um, it was important for us to win at home, particularly in front of a, you know such a big crowd. It, it gave us terrific support. So, so we got the win w- was excellent. Um, I, I thought physically the way we stood up to them, you know, attack and defence, Ulster. Are, you know they're a powerful side and, and they want to go forward both sides of the ball so for us to physically match that and, and keep ourselves in the game and build a platform from that um, I thought was uh, was tremendous credit to the players and, and sets us up well, well for this week as well which you know equally will be a, you know another physical encounter. Was there a slight feeling maybe that you should have got a bonus point there was good possession there a couple of times when you go back over it and it Connacht maybe got a little lateral and it got a little predictable and Ulster weren't just asked enough questions at crucial times. Yeah, of course there's disappointment. I think with the platform we gave ourselves in the game and uh, the momentum we had, you know, we would have loved to to have uh, got that last try and got the bonus point from it. That said, in the, in the context of the game, you know, Ulster came down pretty motivated themselves and they prepared well for that game. It was important to them. Um, you could see that in terms of the selection that they made and... Uh, you know, credit to them. They they stood up. They defended well. They put us under pressure with ball in hand at times as well. So, um, you know, no team, particularly in an interpro, as we know, is, is going to you know lay down and just give you the points. So, we, you know, we banged on the door and we didn't get there. We'll take lessons from that. And uh, you know, again, we improved our performance in the Ulster game compared to the previous week in Dublin. And you know, hopefully, you'll you'll see improvement again this week. We'll take the lessons from that. Andy alluded to after the two Perpignan games that you wanted to start quickly. And you didn't. You started fairly quickly in Leinster, but you started particularly quickly against Ulster. In some ways, Dan McFarland felt that's where the game was won and lost when you went 14-0 up. Is that something you're particularly working on, to, to re, especially in home games, to really hit hit straight away the minute that ball's in play? Um, it's something we have discussed as a group, and, and it's something we have put an emphasis on. Um, across the whole season, generally in terms of scoring patterns, we've done pretty well in that first 20 minutes of games. Um, so, so yeah, we do pride ourselves on that, and, and I think it's important in, in setting a tone, particularly in the home games, and, and making a statement early. Um, you know, that said, we're also aware that you can uh, you can build up the start of games too much. You know, to the point that if if whatever a bounce of the ball or a referee's decision or good play by the opposition goes against you at that start, that you can pretty quickly um, undo the work and the mental preparation you've made if you if you've hung your hat on a good first 20 minutes or a good first 10 minutes so look, there's a balance there it's probably more evolved out of the way we've prepared and, and the fact that you know we've had good weeks leading into these games uh, we've warmed up well mentally the players have been really switched on um, it's probably more the natural outcome of that rather than us you know particularly making it do or die for us in that first 20 minutes so the knock-on effect has been 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 great for us 
Um, the challenge for us is to obviously maintain that kind of intensity and, and start second halves in the same way. And you know, in the back 20 minutes of the game, make sure that we, we've still got that same level when we bring our bench on and uh, as the game evolves. So it is a positive for us. You know, if, if other people are noticing that and, and teams are picking up on that, then that adds to the challenge for them. So uh, you know, we're pleased with the way we've started games. And, and equally this week for Munster, it'll be another important uh, important factor. Obviously, you're not involved with them directly, but it, it's possible that when you look at what happened to Leinster on, on Saturday night, is that something, can a team get overdriven and come out and just maybe be have boiled over in the dressing room a bit and lose their focus? Look, I think it's always possible. I mean, I've certainly been involved in games where, you know, one or both teams have, have lost a bit of focus and uh, particularly around Interpros, you know, the local derby factor where, you know, there's so much emotional investment in the game. There's a lot of one-upmanship uh, team on team, but but individual players in posi- positions and competing for national recognition. You know, there's a huge amount of external noise that can distract you from the game in hand. Um, you know, it's not for me to say whether that actually happened for, for Munster and Leinster last weekend, but... Um, you know, certainly, I think there's a balance to be achieved where you, you want to be uh, emotionally emotionally stimulated enough that that you're playing right on the edge. But at the same time, you know what you practice all week, your your attack strategy, your defence strategy, the the building blocks of that, the technique that you've practiced over many years. You don't want to lose lose the focus on that and and allow that the, the standards around that to drop. So, for us, particularly across these three games through the the sort of festive period. Um, you know, it's something we've focused on. The, the motivation that's taken care of. You know, these guys are very proud of representing Connacht in the community, and um, you know they don't need any any further geeing up from us. It's um, you know that that's naturally there already. So for us, it's then getting minds really focused on strategy and, and making sure guys do their job and, and worrying about what we can control rather than what might be in the hands of the opposition or, or the referees. Looking at the opposition, what is there anything in particular that you've seen from Munster that's uh, going to have to be a real watchword for for Connick to keep an eye on. Um, I think obviously it goes without saying Munster play with, with huge physicality. Um, as I said, it, Ulster was a real test for us around that regard. And we felt we stood up really well, so we'll have to maintain that. Um, I actually thought we defended really well at times against Leinster, but probably just lost the physical battle. There were there were too many one man tackles, and the result of that was that Leinster got very quick ball, and the result of that was that we were caught a bit narrow a few times. I thought we fixed that against Ulster. You saw a lot more more double shots, a lot more two-man tackles. Winning those collisions slows the ruck, which gives us a chance to get our defensive shape. So we'll need to build on that and maintain that for Munster because obviously that, that physical challenge will be huge. Um, on the back of that, you know, they've also got a very strong kicking game. And as a defence coach, I look on and you know, I admired their kick, kicking strategy and, and their kick chase for many seasons. And uh, they do that particularly well. They're very well organised around that. So for us defensively, it's not just about stopping them at the game line. It's about how we then respond to that that kicking game in terms of the positioning of our players and our backfield, but also our work rate to make sure that um, that we're back to resource the breakdowns as required and, and win those 50-50 scraps. Uh, you know, a key thing for us this season is, is generally speaking, the games that we've won, we've we've uh, we've been the first team to dive on the loose ball or or get those little half chances and, and make sure we're one step ahead in that regard. So so this week will be no different, and that'll be an important element in terms of us uh, you know getting ball back in hand and us being able to then assert, assert our attacking game on them.
Are we likely to see some rotations as well with with team like some maybe Matt Healy turning or Halloran? Are they going to be going to be back and ready to play? Yeah, look, Matt Healy's ready to go. He's um, he's trained fully this week so far, and, and he'll be available for selection. So um, it'd be great to have him back. Um, <clears throat> Tien is still still uh, still sort of uh, regenerating and, and rehabbing, and he might be a little further away. Um, but we'll, we'll pick the strongest possible team available. You know, I heard in the office this morning that um, that the game's already sold out, and which uh, even on our sellouts, you know, normally at this stage of the week, there's a few tickets left. So um, the local community are as excited about us as excited about the game as we are. Um, you know, and, and we're going out there to win it. It's hugely important for us in terms of it being an Interpro, in terms of it being Munster, um, but in terms of our standing in the conference as well, and obviously setting us up for this this next block of the season. So, um, you know, everyone available will be picked in terms of uh, you know preference, and uh, no, we can't wait. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, it does open uh, a bit of a gateway. If you if Connor can win, they'll go to eight eight and five, eight games left then, and it's it'll suddenly feel a little bit more in your own control. If if this so this game is maybe not season defining season shaping is the word Nigel likes to use because he won't, he won't agree with defining when I bring it up to him, but it has that potential. There's there's a prize at the end of this in terms of what you can then start looking at. Look, there there is. Look, I, th- I think this result does have an influence, of course, on on you know our immediate standing in the conference, and then obviously where it leaves us. As you said, if if you're sitting in second rather than third in your conference, um, you know the control that gives you over your own destiny. Of course, that said, there's a huge amount of rugby to come. You know this year, and uh, we're respectful of that. And and actually, if you if you look at you know Connacht over the last couple of years, um, you know the big emotional occasions, the the interpros, um, the big cup games. Um, you know, we, we we've not struggled in those. You know, we we've we we fronted and we've delivered in terms of uh, our commitment to the cause, but but also, you know, the best getting the best possible version of our game on the park. And and um, you know, with respect, there's other weeks there when you're travelling away to Italy and, and places like that, trips to Wales, where there might not be the same uh, the same sort of external excitement around the game, but they're just as important to get up for. We came unstuck in Bridge End, you know, against a, an Osprey side that. You know, had a fair bit of rotation in terms of their selection, so nothing's a given. So, the the result this weekend, yes, absolutely hugely important. But um, but without without delicious delivering cliches, every week is hugely important. And I think probably the big difference when you look at at um, you know the the Pro 14 um, this year compared to maybe previous years is that everyone's capable of beating everyone. And you know, even the teams that are down the bottom of their respective conferences, they'll still knock off other teams on their day, and, and particularly in their home games. So. Yeah, nothing can be taken for granted, and um, you know, win this week is really important. But um, I'll probably be saying the same thing the following weeks thereafter. Caelan, you're up today to chat to us, which suggests you're going to be playing at the weekend. You've played every game this season. You must be, uh, you must be really delighted to be in such a good set of form. Yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, thankfully, uh, injury has been has been good to me as well. Touch wood. Um, but yeah, look, I'm involved in every game, and I'm just happy to contribute to the lads, really. I know the game against Leinster didn't have the, the outcome that the team would have wanted or the fans, but I thought that was probably the best game you played for Connacht. The whole uh, halfback combination really seemed to click. You were driving them forward that night. Yeah, um, I think this year especially I've, uh, I've built an even better relationship with Jack. Um, I think it's it's uh, coming onto the pitch. It's uh, it's definitely good off the pitch, so I think we're, we're uh, getting on the pitch. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a tough one to take up there. Um, but it, we definitely took confidence. Uh, I think it was the 65 minutes there where where we dominated the game and we let it slip towards the end. But we came back in the, the next week and we concentrated on 
on the 65 minutes and, and how well we did play. And I think uh, you could see that against Ulster here last week, how that's the best thing you want is a reaction like we did, we got last week. So, yeah, I was definitely happy to, to take that win. And the partnership with uh, Jack, who's also playing really well, does that... That just make, does that make your job easier when your out half is actually on the ball and he's sort of on your wavelength? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Jack's playing his best season as well here. Um, it takes so much pressure off me. Um, it makes, I think, the backs outside him and especially the forwards. I think the forwards are playing so well as well. So I'm kind of the link man in between a pack that are playing so well and a 10 that's playing so well with confidence. So I think my job is a, is a lot easier. And are you finding the new management structures here or maybe the way that the coaches have uh, are gelling, is that helping your game and the team? Definitely. Um, I think uh, off the pitch, uh, coaches to coaches have uh, such a good relationship, um, players to coaches have such a good relationship and the players have such a good relationship. So I think it's just all it's all clicking a bit. I think uh, everyone's playing with confidence. Um, there's no one holding back and afraid of making a mistake. Everyone's just playing well, playing with confidence. And I think that's, I think definitely Andy Freyner has brought that in this year where express yourself and there's no one going to be giving out to you on a Monday morning if, if you try something that doesn't work, if, if you're trying it for the right reasons. And I think that's definitely shown on the pitch. You're also playing behind a pack that's, that's going pretty well. It's, it's handling its line-out ball well. It's strong in, in the scrum. So again, that, that just builds into to your game. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, I think our, our line at our mall and definitely our scrum is, is one of the top in the competition so far this year. Um, makes my job a lot easier, to be honest. Um, I don't really have to be worrying about that. All I have to do is, is worry about uh, kind of bossing them around. And uh, I kind of like to do that as well. So, But look, they're, they're playing extraordinary stuff and it's a very easy play behind it. Now, this bossing around thing that uh, all scrum halves do, they're very, very opinionated. But uh, you have to have... You have to, I think you have to, do you have to be playing well to be able to really do that, to actually, to have the time to do that, that your own game is flowing so you can actually also be directing operations? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and if you're playing well as well, you'll have the trust of the forwards. As long as I'm doing my job and they're doing theirs, I think it works hand in hand and then that transfers into, the, into our backs as well. So as long as I'm doing what I need to do, it uh, helps the forwards and also helps us, us with our backs. No, Saturday evening, the third Interpro, uh, very intense games and a big game for Connacht against a Munster side coming up who've had a very good win against Leinster. What are you expecting from them or what are you expecting from the evening here? Um, yeah, look, it's a massive game. Um, I think it's going to be a, a tough game, an emotional game, I think. Uh, it's the third Interpro. I think there's going to be a lot of the, the last two for, for them and us have been, have been quite physical. So it's going to be... It's going to be a tough task, but uh, I think I heard this morning there that it's another sellout. Um, so a big crowd behind us, I think, will will lift us. And uh, yeah, it'll be just a tough game. Good stuff from the guys, William. Yeah, uh, pretty much what you'd expect. I think they're, I think they are aware how important this game is, just in the whole context of the season. Um, because if you go eight and five and you've eight games left, then you have a bit of control of what you need to do to either get a top three place or to guarantee yourself fourth for the playoff for the Champions Cup. Uh, It's not the end of the world if they lose, because they're still going to have eight games, but they will then have to win an extra game. 
and of the eight games that are left after this one four at home four away and that's kind of central I think they're playing Cardiff twice on the Ospreys they, Cardiff and the Ospreys play on Saturday we're really starting to see what the conferences bring to this now you have out of conference games and you have or cross conference games and then you have in conference so it's an opportunity to win your two home Interpro games at Christmas next year they'll only have one Interpro game at home during this period so this is your chance to strike it'll give them a 2-1 and one, so it'll make it a 66% record so it's important and I think they're up for it they're ready to go the game is sold out which is something on the Wednesday before it's great Pliss going to be hopping there was a reasonable atmosphere there the other night it was a funny game it was a hard game at times to get into because it was a bit up and down I think Munster will be a different kettle of fish they're going to come look they beat Leinster and they played really well in that game and they didn't lose their head um, uh, Pete Wilkins was quite interesting about that that sides can just get boiled over they can just become too wound up because Munster didn't really do anything to Leinster to wind them up and they just wound themselves up and the more wound up they got the worse they played and they also their discipline went which will have driven their coaches bananas yeah I think I, I think um, the, the back row Wisherly was having a nice time hitting Mr. Mr. Sexton quite a lot and he got a little bit upset and then once, once your captain gets upset and gets wound up, it sort of filters all the way down through the team. Like, if you consider that Leinster had only one yellow card prior to that game all season, they were the best team in the league, discipline-wise, for the whole season. <laughs> kind of blown it in that one game. And then you look at the, you talk about the crowd, you talk about the crowd um, in the sports ground. Last week was the biggest crowd they've ever had in an Ulster game. Never had that many people before. And as you say, it was slightly up and down. And that was partly because Ulster came back into the game at times. Um, but Munster will bring a lot of fans, as they always do, uh, which is probably why it sold out so early. And so it should be a cracking atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. So it's important for Connacht that they don't get boiled over uh, because it's a thin divide in line. But there's a lesson in that. It was fast. I was absolutely fascinated to watch it. Um, because Leinster, it's just they couldn't fix it in the first half. They had to get off the field and get into the dressing room to fix it. You, you can't fix that stuff on the field. It's impossible. They did come out in the second half. They were more focused. But by that stage, they were out of the game. They were down to 14 men. So Saturday is just another one of these big games that we, we have a lot coming. I mean, Sailor coming the next week. That's another. That's a big game uh, as well. Uh, Europe is still on the agenda. So... It's just a really good time to be a, a Connacht rugby fan and uh, we're really looking forward to it. We certainly are because I don't think we thought at this stage of the season, when you look at the start that we had and the amount of tough games we had at the start of the season, I don't think anyone foresaw the situation where Connacht are now in with a viable chance of not only getting into the playoffs but a viable chance of getting a home playoff position because we're only, you know, it's, it's, you're looking at a situation where we're only two points or three points behind Munster. We've got Munster home and away. Um, you win one of those games and you're, you're, you're ahead of them so it, it's in Connacht's own hands if they win most of their games for the rest of the season yeah well that's, that's what they have to do um, I suppose you, could, you can add on to that and say if they'd beaten Leinster which they should have done and beaten Glasgow which they should have done I, I've almost written off the Ospreys game as the one game in the season where they just didn't turn up yeah. P. Wilkins mentioned that again in the interview that's one that's obviously sticking in their throat but they'd be six points further up and they would be on top of the table and they'd have two more wins and that's that shows how close they are to getting to where they need to get to they haven't got there yet and you know there are big the pressure is going to come on when the Cheetahs come up and Benetton come here because Connacht are going to be expected to win those games and 
that's maybe the sort of game that in the past Connacht haven't been able to raise themselves correctly for. Peter Wilkins spoke about it today that, you know, all these games are important. Um, I'm not sure I totally agree with him and say that any side can beat any of the sides. I'm not sure the Kings are ever going to total up here and win a game, but you never know. Uh, oh, well, hang on, you're looking at the Dragons beating the Ospreys at the weekend. You know, if you look at the prediction leagues, I think the average predictions at the weekend was less than two out of six games. Less than two were predicted correctly because so many games were just strange results. You know, who thought Edinburgh were going to beat Glasgow in Glasgow? first away win of the season for Edinburgh uh, Cardiff went down and did an absolute number on the Scarlets a lot of problems at the Scarlets they have a lot of injuries stuff floating around about um, Wayne Pivak I know he's going to Wales at the end of the season they're suffering what Connacht I think suffered when Pat Lamb announced he was going it's different when an international coach says they're going it's different because they're not there every day but there's guys looking for their contracts and they don't know what's happening Cardiff absolutely took them apart um, they stopped them playing and then they ran over them and they, they were booed off at the end by a pretty small crowd of people and that's you know they, they seem to have fallen off a cliff so it yes yeah, sides can win from anywhere Cardiff and Ospreys at the weekend I'd take a three-all draw and that would be just perfect for Connacht it certainly would so let's hear your review of the weekend with the scores and where that leaves Connacht in the table. Thanks, Alan. Round 12 of the Pro 14 was the final games of year 2018. We started on Friday night with one game, Connacht 21, Ulster 12. Busier on Saturday, Benetton 28, Zebra 10, Glasgow Warriors 8, Edinburgh 16, Scarlets 5, Cardiff Blues 34, and Munster 26, Leinster 17 and the final Pro 14 game on Sunday Dragons 23 Ospreys 22 the South African team still on their winter break Glasgow leading the way in Conference A all teams played 12 with the exception of the Cheetahs on 10 Glasgow 8 and 4 now 41 points Munster 8 and 4 on 39 points Connacht 7 and 5 on 36 points the Ospreys 7 and 5 on 33 points. The Cardiff Blues 6 and 6 on 32. And a substantial gap then to the Cheetahs who are played 10, 1, 2, drawn 1, lost 7 on 17. And Zebre at the bottom of Conference A with 3 wins and 9 losses. Conference B still sees Leinster on top with uh, 10 wins and 2 losses on 49. They're still 16 points ahead of Ulster, even after that uh, rather tempestuous loss in Limerick. Ulster are second with 7 wins, 1 draw, 4 losses on 33. Benetton Treviso now gone 6 and 6 with 31 points. The Scarlets, who are starting to struggle by the looks of it, a lot of injuries and Potentially some dissension in the camp with the, the Wayne Pivak situation with him leaving at the end of the season. They're on 6-6 six and six with 30 points. Edinburgh, first away win of the season at Glasgow, have gone to 6-6 six and six on 30 points. The Dragons have won 4, lost 8 on 18. And the Southern Kings holding up the bottom with 1 win and 9 losses out of the 10 games they've played on 12 points. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com.
Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. Before we, we talk about some of the injuries, we, you know, the injury list, let's talk about a, a, an incident that happened with a coach from the Gallagher Premiership who will be in Connacht pretty soon for a Challenge Cup match. Yep, Steve Diamond rather overshadowed Sale's really, really good win away to Gloucester. They beat them 30-15. That's some effort when you're down the bottom end of the table and you go to the side that's third. And now you're not at the bottom end of the table anymore and you have Saracens coming this weekend. Um, got involved in an altercation with a journalist called Sam Phillips who works for The Independent in the UK and The Sunday Times. Uh, invited him out style, outside, old style. Uh, I think it's closed now. There's a bit of it around on the internet. It's worth having a little look at. It's just a really interesting thing for a coach to lose his mojo like that and just completely blow it. It was to do with stuff that had happened earlier in the season. And it bit frustrating I think if you're if you're the players and, and, and other management you've just had probably your best win of the season and all the focus is on this but it just goes to show that there's a lot of passion there's a lot of uh, determination in everybody in these organizations but a bit like Leinster on uh, Saturday now you have to keep it under check you have to use it positively and you can fall over the line and it can drift away from you it certainly can so let's move on to we, we we don't get updates from our injury up, updates anymore. So we put together a list. I worked with Lee on this to see if we could figure out who's injured and who's not. So what we know is Nia Diolokan tore his bicep against the Cheetahs. We haven't got a, a return date on that. Owen Griffin tore a calf muscle back in October, due back this month. Craig Ronaldson had that bad knee injury against Leinster and is not due back till March. Peter Robb injured his knee in training in October and is due back in January. Kieran Marmion, we know, has injured his ankle playing against New Zealand and had surgery, so he's due back in February, I believe. Conor McKeown, at the time he came on against Bordeaux, Beglin had his shoulder torn. Um, he's out for the season because it was a really bad <laughs> shoulder injury and um, it's not looking good for getting him back before then. Stephen Kearns uh, injured his ankle in training prior to the Perpignan match um, back in December, but we haven't heard anything since. But I suppose having signed having signed um, Angus Lloyd, you'd assume that the, that injury was slightly worse than, than expected. Colm the Butler injured his hamstring in December. Again, no sign of when he's coming back, but uh, Stephen Fitzgerald's signing seems to be covering for him. Owen McKeown injured his shoulder against Glasgow. Uh, was due back in October but then had a, uh, it got worse and he's out for another three months from October so he's due back sort of February time Conal O'Donnell is due back any time now after breaking his hand against the Dragons uh, Matt Healy was injured but we believe he's back um, Tiernan we believe hurt his calf muscle but um, we don't have any time back on that and that's all I have Yep, a few injuries around, a bit longer than they'd like, I think. Uh, There's probably some players starting to drift back there. Um, I think Nia Adialoke and Kieran Marmion. Anybody who's had surgery is probably a little way down the road because you're never quite sure how the reaction will work. Once you get surgery, they're in rehabbing really quickly. 
Uh, and I've seen Kieran Marmion in there a couple of times just in passing in the ground and he's in doing following very strict guy this stuff is laid out to the minute you do X number of minutes on this and you do X number of minutes of that with rest and then you ice it and you and these it's slow and laborious but they're very well looked after on that front by Connacht and by all the teams it's, it's a crucial part of the game so the, the little bit thin I mean Caelan Blade is going to play again at the weekend I don't think he'd have been put up for interview so he's played every game this season or he's been involved he's a bit to go because Kieran Marmion I think has the record for games played I mean he played some astronomical amount of games when he joined us I was talking to James Heaslip who's a former scrum half who does the you know the pre-match show beforehand and I said to him Jeannie you know it must be rough on, on Blady having to play so much he said well think about it they don't hit that many rucks they don't get that many big hits they're just basically running around from place to place that scrum halves tend to be a little bit able to handle it if they're not getting smacked around so much so it's not as big a deal for scrum halves and he reckons it shouldn't be a problem and as a former scrum half you'd like to think he'd know well they spend a lot of time talking so that probably tires them out but that's part of their job as well uh, I thought Caelan was good on that today that's part of their job is to drive, to drive forward and to basically to kick ass on the field at times if some guy is not getting his into the right place and doing the right job so um, yeah it's still a big ask I think it's probably the mental thing of having to be there but he's playing well if he wasn't playing well I, I suspect he wouldn't be involved all the time that's the simple truth of it they'd have to rest him but when you're on top of your game his out half Jack Carty is playing the best rugby of his career I think they're both playing the best rugby I thought their performance in Leinster is the best I've seen them play the fact they didn't win the match you can't allow that to overshadow it and um, but it is it's, it's a big opportunity for him again on, uh, on the Saturday evening it certainly is. So let's hear what other games are happening at the weekend as um, you give us a preview. Round 13 of the Guinness Pro 14 commences on Saturday at 2pm with Benetton taking on the Glasgow Warriors. At 3pm, Ospreys entertain the Cardiff Blues, a very interesting match in Connacht's conference at 5.15, Scarlets take on the Dragons. Leinster entertain Ulster. And then two matches at 7.35pm, Connacht against Munster. And Edinburgh taking on the Southern Kings. On Sunday, the South African sides continue in action. And Cheetahs are at Zebra with a 1pm start. In the Premiership in England, Sale, fresh from their win over third place Gloucester, entertain at home on Friday evening at 7.45 Saracens, who are now in second, slightly behind Exeter. Another big opportunity for Sale here to get up the table if they can beat the second and third place teams in the space of six days. It'll be some achievement. In France, on Saturday... Stade Francais take on Perpignan with a 1.30pm start. That looks like another mission impossible for Perpignan. And Pau entertain Bordeaux-Begley at 3.30 Irish time on Saturday. And a win for Bordeaux there would cement their position in the top third of the table. So more derbies again. They just seem to keep coming and coming. Um, but then there's a break for Europe, and we'll have Europe uh, from next week. But you're looking at this weekend, Connacht Munster, 
one of the biggest games of the year in the sports ground. Galway Bay will be there, Joe and Rob uh, will be doing the commentary, and we'll be doing our in-match stuff from, from the sideline. Yeah, these, this is the way it's set up now. Um, I, say I've, I have question marks over, but I don't think there's much they can do. I feel a bit sorry for the South African sides. You know, have to get on a plane and clump up here to play two games before flying home. Sorry, play one game, then they go home, and then they play their derby games. Um, and I think that's when the European fixtures are on. Um, it's normally a week. In the Northern Hemisphere, that would be blocked off exclusively for Europe, but those games aren't seen as a threat to European television or however it works, these things work out. Um, but that's a bit of a challenge for them. It's not as cold as it might be, uh, although by the time they get here in the weekend, Edinburgh on Friday night could be a bit chilly for the Kings. Might be a bit of a surprise coming out of Port Elizabeth where it's been a pretty balmy 30 degrees through Christmas, I'm told. Um, but look the fans like it it's a good time of the year people want to go to games they're off work it's a good time to buy Christmas presents buy somebody a ticket or see if they can persuade them to buy you a ticket and it's just it's set up that way we'll have one derby weekend right at the end of the season again to finish it all off it be very interesting if Connacht were going down to Thomond Park at the end of April needing something yes. it would be better if they were going down there not needing anything and that's maybe what uh, they'll be aiming for Exactly, exactly. And before we, we sign off, I'm just going to... We, the, the podcast needs your support. We've had you know quite a few people help us out with Patreon.com. So if you get enjoyment out of this podcast, if it gives you the information you're looking for from a conic point of view, and you'd like to spend the price of a cup of tea as we're sitting here having a, a pot of tea between us, um, and you'd like to join us or virtually join us, um, why not go to Patreon.com slash Rugby and donate we'd really appreciate it it helps to keep the podcast going and don't forget in the podcast post monster it'll be our special quiz with our super prizes still can't wait to see what they are that's brilliant thanks William thanks Alan <laughs>